Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. Today's letter is a letter to the woman with a messy closet. Today's episode is sponsored by Pink Salt Riot. Pink Salt Riot is all about spreading joy in a world that is sorely lacking it and realizing that joy comes from Christ. Head on over to pinksaltriot.com to explore their beautiful and joy-inspired jewelry, accessories, and free resources. We all have that one closet. For me, it's the closet in our front room. I walk in the front door of our little duplex and it's right to my right. And sisters, it is stuffed. Cowboy boots, reusable Ikea bags that we use when we go shopping at Aldi, rabbit food for our rabbit Wilson, rain jackets, and the crock pot that the kitchen just doesn't have room for. And it drives me crazy. But it also intimidates me because it seems unconquerable and it's easy to think, yeah, I'll just leave that closet in its disorganized chaotic state until we move out. But my guest today has an answer to that closet, and it is a hope-filled, relatable, conquerable solution to those closets and cluttered junk drawers and messy dresser tops. I learned so much from her, and I can't wait to put her tips and tricks into action when spring cleaning starts up and it's right around the corner. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. I'm welcoming to the show Mary Elizabeth Sperry, who is a new author of a book, Making Room for God, Decluttering and the Spiritual Life, which is published through Ave Maria Press. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Decluttering has really been kind of trendy in the news. If you scroll through Facebook, there's a lot of articles that pop up about decluttering. And it really kind of gained popularity back in 2014. I remember reading uh, Marie Kondo's The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. Um, And I love – I got a copy of your book, and it's fantastic because it's it's approaching the subject of organization and decluttering, and it's from a Catholic perspective, which is amazing and and needed um, in today's world. But before we really dive into talking about decluttering, can you tell us a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman? I have a cradle Catholic. Mm-hmm. I was baptized two weeks to the day oh, wow. after I was born. Mm-hmm. Actually, that was quite late at the time, because okay. normally I would have been baptized the week after I was born. Okay. I was born on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and I would have been baptized the following Sunday, the first baptisms after my birthday, uh-huh. but one of my godparents couldn't come, oh, gosh, so they postponed me for an extra week, <laughs> and it was actually quite radical at the time. Mm. But I... My claim to fame is that I know the anniversary dates of all of my sacraments of initiation, which is quite exciting. Yeah, that's fantastic. I went to Catholic grade school, Catholic high school. Then I went to a state university, actually two different state universities. Mm -hmm. And then I came back to Catholic University of America to do a second master's degree in liturgical studies. That's awesome. And while I was here, I started my job here at the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. I've been here for... Almost 24 years, which is a very long time, (laughs) a very long time. And most of my work is with the Bible and liturgy. About 10 years ago now, 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. I realized I had no discernible domestic skills. Mm. I could cook a little bit. I baked. I did bake a lot. Okay. But I didn't really do anything to create a home. Mm. I liked to throw parties, but I had never really thought about it in any kind of serious way. Yeah. I had very minimal cooking skills, limited crafting skills, and I decided, you know, I want to explore these. Yeah. So I did. I started actually watching the various shows on television. Okay. It is amazing how much you can learn from it's, those. It's true. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Right. You know, sometimes <laughs> you're, it's, a, it's a good warning rather than, you know, from mm-hmm. the bad example. Yep. Um, but you watch those. I learned. I started watching people who knew what they were doing. So I found mentors. Okay. Actually, one of my best mentors was a Catholic priest who taught me two of my very best dishes. So in the last 15 years, I've really spent 
a lot of time exploring domesticity and the domestic life and what that can say to spirituality. Mm. And there really is a very strong liturgical sense to it, the ritual of it all. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually been able to put together all those things that I love into one. That's fantastic. And this book is in a way a fruit of that. I love it. I loved reading the book. It's authentic and vulnerable, and you really get to know your story and who you are through it. And so I really enjoyed it, and it's definitely recommended. So thanks for all the work that you put into. I know writing a book, it takes a lot of time and, and work, and it's, it shows in this piece for sure. Really, the challenge of this book was, do I really want to tell people just how screwed up I am? <laughs> None of us are perfect. I love when finding out that like not everyone has it. To, no one has it together. But I love just like... It's so endearing to to see people just be like, you know what, here's where I struggle. This is what it looks like. And here's how to overcome it. Like, we're not going to sit in the trenches and complain about this is something that we're not good at, but we're going to try and strive to to become better. And and that's, I love that. Yeah, that's actually one of my issues with most of the domesticity bloggers Mm -hmm. and journals out there, magazines out there. Yep, yep. They're all so perfect. They make you feel that if you're not just as perfect, you can't do this. Yep. Yep. I think they call them lifestyle bloggers. That's the, that's the current term. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've had a lifestyle blog for over 10 years now. Mm-hmm. I've been blogging three times a week for 10 years. That's, that's awesome. a long time. Yeah, it is. A lot of, con- a lot of content, I'm telling you. <laughs> but it's just, you look at that and, you know, there are people who, you know, throw a party and they have like the, the particular tablescape of the plates that they use this one time a year. I'm like, who in the real world? <laughs> Has time for that. Can afford to have a set of plates that they use once a year. Right. And store not, them. not me. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and this really came to me a couple years ago. I was scrolling through my Facebook feed, mm-hmm. and a Catholic, it was actually a Catholic group came up, you know, 40 fun and exciting crafts for your family this Advent. Mm. And I looked at that and said, I know exactly zero parents who are sitting around thinking, what more can I do this Advent? How can I take up more of my time this Advent? Because I don't really already have enough to do. Right, right. Exactly zero parents say that. (laughs) Yep. And why are we making people feel bad for doing their very best and trying to live a good, healthy, holy life? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah, as if there isn't enough to do on the to-do list anymore. Let's just clutter it even. Let's put even more things to do. Especially in the four weeks before Christmas. I mean, right, most right. families I know, if they get to Christmas Eve with the same number of children they started Advent with, they take the W and move on. They're doing good. They're doing really yeah, good. You call it a win, you move on. <laughs> I love it. You got a tree up and presents under it. You and win. You got some it. Some form that looks like dinner in the oven. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yep. Call yep. a Nobel Prize committee. <laughs> It's a challenge, and you succeeded. Amen to that. Yeah, we make sometimes way too complicated for ourselves, that's for sure. We set unrealistic expectations. mm -hmm. All those people in all those journals, there's a staff doing it. Right. And they'll make eight different pies, Mm -hmm. and they'll pick the one that looks the best. Right. It would be wasteful. Right. For you to make eight pies to pick the prettiest one to feed your family. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, the... if you have that much money in your grocery budget, let me talk to you about charity. St. Vincent de Paul and Catholic Charities are wonderful <laughs> places to send that money. Exactly. Versus seven pies that you don't eat because they don't look beautiful enough. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
Um, in your in your introduction, you talk about and your your journey towards decluttering, and you describe yourself as a pack rat, and I can definitely identify with that. I mean, like the closets in my house testify to that too. So, can you tell us a little bit about your journey to decluttering, and then what has that process looked like in your life? I've tried to declutter multiple times, mm-hmm. and I'm I'll be honest, I'm still in the process of this decluttering. It's mm-hmm. not completely finished, and I'm not sure it ever is. Mm-hmm. That's a place where I definitely definitely disagree with Marie Kondo mm-hmm. that it's one and done and you'll never ever have a problem with this again. Right. I yeah. wish. Right. I wish. Because I'm going to keep going back to it. That's why I, I really compare decluttering more to conversion. Mm-hmm. You do it, but you have to keep going deeper. Right. And you have to keep at it. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, I'm converted. I'm done. Right. No more work to be done here. Because that's just not the way the, the real world actually works, mm-hmm. at least not in my experience. Yep. I mean, I just finally, one spring, got really, really sick of it mm-hmm. and decided I was doing like one room a month mm-hmm. and doing my kitchen. I discovered I had seven can openers. Oh. <laughs> one of them electric. I don't actually use electric can openers. They frighten me. I, <laughs> I, I'm sure that there's some deep-seated reason for this somewhere, but I don't actually like electric can openers. I use a handheld, hey, which so works for me, and I've got a very nice one. Mm-hmm. Why did I have six other ones? Right. I don't know. Um, I, do, I have two now. Mm-hmm. One, the one that I use all the time in a backup just in case. There you go. All the rest have gone off to other, other homes where they're happily, <laughs> happily been adopted by other people. But I, got, I started looking at going, what am, I, what am I doing here? I went into my bedroom and I realized that I couldn't actually comb my hair in the mirror in my bedroom. Mm. There was so much stuff on top of my dresser. Yep that I couldn't actually see my whole head. Yep, yep, that's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, so the top of my head was very, you know, the hair was nice and straight, but, you know, the rest of it I couldn't so much see. And I took everything off of that and mm-hmm. my, the top drawer of the dresser, that was sort of like the junk drawer. Mm-hmm. I took everything out, and I was utterly amazed at what I found. <laughs> Stuff you didn't even I, know you had. <laughs> Stuff no one knows they have. I mean, AOL initiation discs. I mean, that may be before your time that those were getting sent out. I mean, yep. why? Did I, I had like six of them. Oh, man. You so it's not that I even kept an archive copy. Right. I mean, six. Um, and I started getting rid of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I started to think about it. And, th- you know, it... In many ways, it becomes almost an examination of conscience, yep. which I think is why people don't do it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's scary. Right. I mean, and you have to face your own failures. You start pulling stuff out of the closet, and you're like, why do I even have this? Yep. Why did I buy this? Mm-hmm. Um, or my personal problem, um, beauty products. Yep. The sheer amount of beauty products. I mean, you think the amount of beauty products I've have, I look a whole lot better than I do. Oh. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, and you're like, why? Why do I have 18 things of face cream? Yep. I've got enough lotion. I could moisturize an elephant, make it silky <laughs> smooth. And this is just the reality. Why do I have all of this stuff? Mm-hmm. And in many cases, it's because I was in a place where it was being sold, and I was. I didn't want to make people feel bad by saying, no, thank you. I really don't want that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I bought it anyway, or it was on an impulse, or I was out shopping with friends and I didn't, you know, I didn't want to be the only one not buying something. Yep. 
or whatever. And so you end up with all these things and you look back and you're like, why did I even spend money on that? Mm-hmm. I'm not, re- I don't even actually like it. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm not sure what I'm doing. And so it becomes that examination of conscience. And then when you look at how much you've wasted, yeah. Yeah. which is kind of overwhelming, mm-hmm. that's, that's difficult. You look at, and, and you're packing things up to send them away. Mm-hmm. And the worst part is when stuff you have to throw away. Right. Because all that makeup you bought because you were on a binge and you used it once. Mm-hmm. You can't donate that anywhere. Right. You're not legally allowed to donate it. I mean, it's one thing, you know, the 18 bars of soap that you have for some unknown reason. Mm-hmm. The 17 you're never going to use, you can actually donate to a homeless shelter. Right. So that's okay. Right. But the half-used tube of mascara, yeah, you really can't donate that anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's true. You got to throw it out if you don't need it, and that, yeah, that just rips your heart out because you're like, I'm wait. Yeah, it's like that wastefulness and being conscious of it is hard. Exactly. Is and you recognize it is always challenging to come face to face with your own sin. Yep. Yeah. How true. And I really think that's a big reason why a lot of people don't declutter mm-hmm. because they're afraid of facing that. Yep. Another one is because they're afraid of losing their memories. Yeah. I, to me, I, my mother passed away last summer, mm-hmm. and we knew she was dying. Yeah. We knew that it was getting closer. And so we started sorting through some of her stuff mm-hmm. so that we would make sure we knew what, actually where her paperwork was and things like that. Right. And so to make it a little bit easier for her to get around. Mm-hmm. And I remember I pulled one thing out of a file cabinet and said, you know, I had really no idea what it was. I'm like, Mom, what exactly is this sheaf of papers? And she's Mm -hmm. like, oh, that's something the kids made for me when I retired from the Catholic school where she worked. Oh. I was like, I guess you could throw that away. I'm like, why would you ever want to throw that away? Yeah. I have an idea. Why don't we keep this Mm -hmm. and we throw away the three and a half inch stack of receipts from the copay Mm -hmm. for your husband who is no longer alive from the doctor who is no longer in practice. Right. We'll make that, you know, I'll make the trade of 20 pages of memory for 170 pages of, we don't need this. Yep. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that comes up to me all the time is, if you don't know you have it, and you can't remember the last time you saw it, Mm -hmm. are you honoring that memory anyway, or have you already lost it? Right, that's a really good point. That's a really good approach to it. If you don't know you have it, and you haven't seen it in 15, 20 years, Mm You're not honoring that memory anyway. Right. So maybe getting rid of the stuff you don't need will help you honor those memories that you do cherish. Mm-hmm. I, in the book, I compare it to a sculptor who has a block of marble or other stone. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't throw away the block. She chips away the pieces of the block that keep what's trapped in the stone, the right. art that's trapped in the stone from coming forward. Right. And I think that's a lot of what decluttering is. It's getting rid of the extra pieces of stone that block us from seeing the beauty mm-hmm. that we actually value. Mm, I love that comparison. That's a, Yeah, that's a really tangible analogy. That's I like cool. sculpture. <laughs> I'm a fan of it, too. It's just one of my personal favorite things. Or, you know, wood carving. Wood yeah. carving works the same way, yes. where you pair away the extra. Um, you could also compare it to what happens to Eustace in... The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, if you're a Chronicles yes. of Narnia person. Yes. I'm a Chronicles of Narnia person, so. Yes. This is, yeah. I'm I always a... think Eustace. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, thinking of what, like, there's Aslan, like, scraping away at the layers and layers of what Eustace has built up around his heart. And he's getting down, like, he's not, like, getting rid of things that he needs. He's getting rid of the things that he doesn't need that are, that's cluttering and that's keeping him from loving authentically. Exactly. Yeah. That's a, and oh, it, a that. lot of what we do in decluttering is getting rid of the stuff that keeps us from thing, seeing the things we really value. Mm-hmm. Quick note, mm-hmm. the 18 toothbrushes, probably you don't need that many. <laughs> if, if you really need 18 toothbrushes, perhaps you need to have a conversation with your dentist. Right, right. It may need more, just, than, more than that. <laughs> just going to suggest that a conversation with your dentist may be in order. <laughs> I love it. In your book, you really take a beautiful Catholic approach to this. And you've mentioned this with the examination of conscience, but, and, and to dig deeper into that, like clutter doesn't just exist in our bathroom or like for me, it's like my coat closet. My, my coat closet holds everything. It's the catch all. It's where rabbit food and crock pots and cowboy boots and everything that doesn't fit into any other closet goes to. But how can we avoid the near occasion of sins that of not accumulating even more clutter, especially after like that first initial, like you talked about that one spring where you're like, I can't do this anymore. I need to start decluttering, but it's a process. So how do we avoid just falling back into that? Well, like you would avoid falling back into any other sin. Mm -hmm. First of all, you have to identify where those near occasions are. Mm -hmm. So you have to actually look and say, why did I buy all these things? Mm -hmm. What situation is it? that occurred that caused me to buy all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, the pantry, we'll just use that for an example. The sure. pantry is a place where we often have excessive amounts of clutter. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, would any of your listeners perhaps like a bottle of whole cloves or some onion powder? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Um, you know, Easter's coming. You need those clothes for your, right. for your ham. I'm just saying. Um, you know, so why, did, why do we have all this extra in our pantry Mm -hmm. is it because we when we're making our grocery list for the week we don't actually bother to take the 15 minutes it would take to see do we already do i already have this which would explain why i have three bottles of clothes in my (laughs) kitchen because you really can't donate those to a food pantry and they're like why would i want a bottle of clothes we don't really understand (laughs) um other spices you can donate cloves not so much really Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so you don't you don't take the moment. You're too lazy. You're too rushed right. to look and see what you already have. Right. Or you don't bother to make a list, and so you just go buy things randomly off the shelves mm-hmm. that you have no idea what you're going to cook with it, mm-hmm. and you end up with all this stuff in your cart that you don't need and you're never going to use. Right. Or everything looks good. You go when you're hungry and everything looks good, so you buy stuff. And then you take it home and you realize, I have more food than one person or two people or eight people or whatever number of people who live in your house could eat in a reasonable amount of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so say, okay, which one of those or which ones of those are my problem? Mm -hmm. Then to avoid, if it's, say, I don't make a list Mm -hmm. and check it twice, um, I'm going to, to avoid the near occasion. I'm going to make a list. Mm-hmm. every time I go shopping. Mm. And before something goes on the list, I'm going to check the two cabinets where I would keep it. And to make sure, maybe I need to reorganize, maybe I need to make a big change and reorganize my cabinets right. so that the peanut butter and the jelly are always here. Mm-hmm. The oatmeal is always there. Right. The vinegar is always here. So that you don't end up thinking, oh, I don't have any. 
I don't have any vinegar. I need to buy vinegar. And then you realize it's because you put it in the wrong, the wrong cabinet. Right. And now you have three things of balsamic vinegar. Yep. Yep. Not, the, not the worst thing, incidentally. I can give you lots of recipes to use it for, <laughs> but there you are. Yep, yep, that makes so, sense. That's actually my task this Lent. Mm. I'm trying to get through as much of the food in my freezer, refrigerator, and pantry as I possibly can. I love that. That's really good. And some of it's going, you know, it's like, this has been here too long. It's not expired. It's going to the food bank. Right. And other things, you know, you can't really donate that salmon filet that's been in the back of your freezer for, oh, since Jonah was in the whale. (laughs) Um, You can't donate that. So, okay, what am I going to do with this piece of salmon? Yep. I'm praying that we have decent weather so I can actually grill it because I prefer grilled salmon. Hey, yeah. But then, yeah, just just chipping away at at clearing it out so you know what you have and, and you're not, yeah, that's great. What a good Lenten practice. I love that. It's really interesting because you've got to get really kind of creative. It's sort of like my own little episode of chop. (laughs) You put five things, you put five things on the kitchen table and like, what can I make with this? (laughs) It was very exciting this weekend. I did very well. Mm -hmm. I got rid of like, well, once I finish the leftovers, which will be lunch and dinner all this week, Yes, I will have eliminated like eight things from my pantry or my, or my freezer. So that's really big deal. That's awesome. That's yeah, that's great. So you just, it's, it's about that planning because, and I'm not buying anything Mm -hmm. that I don't absolutely need. Mm -hmm. If I need Mm -hmm. one thing to complete a recipe to get rid of a bunch of other stuff, Mm -hmm. that's fine. But I'm trying to minimize what I purchase. And that's also going to save me money, which will allow me to be more generous in my almsgiving this Lent. So it all kind of works together. Yeah, very much so. Another area of our lives when it comes to planning that can get really cluttered and overstuffed is like our schedules. So do you have any practical tips for being intentional with our time and how to not clutter our time with others, with ourselves, and with God too? Oh, I am so working on this. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, the beginning of this month, Mm -hmm. sat down and I, I literally made a list of everything that I'm trying to balance. Mm -hmm. And things that went under each category, I came up with 13. Wow. That is a lot of things to balance. Yeah, it is. That is too many things to balance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm struggling with it. And I'm trying to, you know, see what, what I can do and what I can't do and trying to, to make it work. I have to keep a calendar. Mm-hmm. I'm being really, really careful about keeping a calendar yep. and about keeping a list. And for me, keeping a list is absolutely essential mm-hmm. to tr- keeping my schedule in order mm-hmm. because now I've tried several different apps. I personally, they don't help me, Yeah, but some people it works great. Mm-hmm. I've tried like eight of them and none of them actually work for me. I need an actual physical list yep. that I cross things off. Yep. I'm the same way. Yeah. Call us old fashioned, but when it comes to a paper and pen, there's something incredibly satisfying to be actually able to cross something off and keep track of. Amen to that. Yes. Yeah. And talking to you is actually one of the things on my list. So when okay. we finish this interview, cross I will it cross off. it off and I'll right. be, that, that will actually be very exciting because I get to cross something off the list. <laughs> and I love it. I set that list. And one of the benefits of a list mm-hmm. is that when you think of something you need to do, mm-hmm. you don't have to stop and do it. You just stop and put it on your list for right. this week or next week. Right. 
So it keeps you from being constantly interrupted because mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. afraid, you know, if I don't have a list, I'm like, oh, I need to call, I need to call Paul and schedule an appointment. Mm-hmm. I should stop and do that now. Well, you're in the middle of something then until you get back to that, you know, so you probably have to leave a message and he'll call you back and right. you've interrupted yourself three times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so nothing gets done. You put on the list like, okay, later I, I need to call Paul. Um, I also use small bits of time well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of things that you can do that only take small bits of time. Right. They just, they don't take long. Mm-hmm. Um, emptying the dishwasher. Yep. I don't actually have a dishwasher. I've never lived in a home with a dishwasher oh. in my entire life. Uh-huh. I wash all my dishes by hand. But to, you know, I'll leave them to dry. I'm not so good that I <laughs> dry them. I leave them to dry in the rack on the sink. That's what that rack's for. <laughs> but while I'm, while I'm defrosting something for dinner or while something is... Mm-hmm. You know, waiting for the pasta water to boil. Right. I can empty that rack. Yep. Yep. And it's just amazing the little things you can do, the little bits of time. And a piece of that is putting the devices away. Yep. Amen. If I don't open my phone mm-hmm. when I wake up in the morning, I buy myself 25 to 30 minutes. Yep. Every morning. Yep. It's true. It's crazy to put a number to it, but when I look at my mornings, the mornings that I, you know, log on to social media and make sure everything's posted and needs to be where it's at, yeah, my day doesn't start till at least 30 minutes later than I expected it to. Whereas I could take 10 minutes of that. Um, I do a lot of writing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in, if I have an article to write, I'll write 100 words a day. Mm-hmm. 100 words when I know where I'm going with the text a hundred words may take me seven or eight minutes. Yep. Doesn't take very long. I mean, a hundred words really is about three or four sentences. Right, right. It's not in that most much cases. At all. It's pretty it's pretty short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll write I'll write those hundred words and then move on. I'll come back to it the next day and write some more. Yep. And it's doing things a little bit over time so you get them done sooner. Yep. Which is very handy. Yeah. Um you know, you have to plan your little bits of time. You know, avoid, avoid time sucks. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I won't even turn television on unless yep. I'm going to watch something. Yep. Because otherwise, I'm there channel surfing for 30 minutes, watching nothing. Right. Just channel surfing. Right. That's so true. Whereas, you know, instead I can use that time to read or to write something or to clean something up or mm-hmm. to take care of something. I mean, I was ready for this interview about five minutes early, mm-hmm. which... Is surprising enough in itself. <laughs> and I used that five minutes to take care of something that I needed to take care of before right. this weekend. Right. And now it's, it's handled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to do it later. Yep. Yeah. Being a really good steward of time. And I think too, like this is, a, I love lists. I'm such a list person. I have, you know, post-it notes and planners and, and everything around just to remind me of things to do later. But I also love that it helps you be more intentional with your time when it comes time to do the task. Like for, for me, if I don't write something down, I'll spend, you know, a good 10 minutes sitting. Okay. Like I know there was something that I needed to do. You know, what, what was it that I needed to do? Let me trace back, you know, the memories and steps that I got to this point to remember it. And by the time that you remember, like it's not, it's time for the next task. Like there's no time left. And so I like how like writing things down and using your time well makes you much more intentional and a better steward of the time that God gives us here on this earth. So that's beautiful. I've also found it very helpful. I have an issue with procrastination, mm. especially if it's something I don't particularly want to do. Yep. Same. And there are just, you just, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. You just dread it going right. into it. Right. 
And so I will make a list of things um, or make a pile of stuff on my desk mm-hmm. of things that I have to go through. Mm-hmm. And I start with the first one, and I, and I have to go through the pile as it stands. I can't put anything off. Mm-hmm. I have to do the pile as it stands, mm-hmm. which that's my little technique. I like it. For making sure that I, I do what I'm supposed to do. I like um, it you have, Because that keeps me from saying, ah, I don't really feel like doing it. Nope. Not a choice. Got to get rid of it. <laughs> exactly. Today is the day. Or you time's put now. the things in a, put them on a little piece of paper and put them in a jar. Mm-hmm. And whatever comes out of the jar is what you have to do. Oh, I like that. You know? I mean, yeah. I it like may that. be scouring and reseasoning the cast iron skillet. <laughs> um, it might be sending a birthday card to Aunt Marge. You know, whatever right. it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And then you're, yeah, if you pull it out, you're stuck with it. This is what's going to happen now. And, and there's no use procrastinating because like you said, like it needs to get done. And once it's, once you get started, it's not that bad. It's usually just like the anticipation leading up to it. That's worse than actually doing what's on the to-do list. And yeah. And that's actually a great thing to do with families too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, know, you have age appropriate tasks in the jar mm-hmm. and you know, so you probably don't want your five-year-old running the lawnmower. Right. I'm going to recommend against that pretty <laughs> probably, strongly. Probably not the best idea. Um, and Whatever whatever task you pull out of the jar, that's the task you do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you get it done. I also, I'm, when I cleaned my office, mm-hmm. I set a timer for ten minutes every day. Oh, okay. But the first thing I did after lunch, I set the timer on my cell phone for ten minutes, and I had to clean for that ten minutes. I couldn't not I couldn't end early mm-hmm. until the last day when I was actually finished. There was six minutes left, but there was hey. nothing left to clean, so that's okay. <laughs> But I had to use that 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and I could only use that 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. When it went off, I had to finish what, exactly what I was working on and then move on. I like it. And I in like two it. weeks, my office was spectacular. Right, right, because it, it, it doesn't take long. Like you said, it takes those you know, 10 minutes, and those, when you have 10 minutes a day, it adds up, and a week later, you're left with a, a, something you were dreading, and now it's ready just to maintain, and it doesn't take as long now at that point. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to do my spring cleaning this year. I love it. With a timer. Well, not a little more than 10 minutes at a time. Right. Because I don't have a block of time anywhere mm-hmm. to do it because of travel and some work commitments. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to set it for a certain amount of time every day. Mm-hmm. And when I'm done with it, I'm done with it. Now will be my list that week. I love that. When you're talking about spring cleaning, I, I'm sure – I know I'm getting geared up for it. I'm sure listeners are too. When it comes to the practical side of decluttering, do you have any tips like – what room should I start in first? How do I decide what to give up and what to donate? And how do I, you know, let go of things that have memories if I am not honoring that memory? So like when it comes to the practical nitty gritty of, okay, the timer's set. Now, what do I do? Do you have any tips for that process? I think most people start with their clothes and I think that's a pretty good idea mm-hmm. because it's what you use most often. That's a good point. So, yeah. so you can go through your clothes and this is a place where I absolutely agree with Marie Kondo. Mm-hmm. We disagree on a lot of things, but I absolutely agree with her here. Okay. And that is that one of the keys is to take everything in a certain class, like clothes, books, whatever. Right. Take everything in that class out at one time mm-hmm. and put it in the middle of a space. Mm-hmm. Put it on your bed, the middle of your living room floor, whatever makes you happy. Right. But all the clothes come out and go into the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. Everything. Absolutely, because you will find yourself keeping stuff in places where all the rest of it is not. Right. So I had I had toiletries in four different rooms. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm still working on getting through all of my toiletries. Yep. That's another thing. I'm I'm, I'm not going to finish that this Lent unless mm. I find an elephant in 
that's looking for moisturizer. Um, you think I'm joking. I'm really not joking. Hey, elephants are, they're pretty wrinkly. They live in hot environments. I'm sure they would really appreciate it. Well, if anyone has a pet elephant and they would like to write to you, I would be happy to send their pet elephant some lotion. I'm just saying. <laughs> but you, you find yourself with stuff in all sorts of different rooms. So you may have clothes in your bedroom. Right. You may have clothes in the front closet. You may have clothes in the laundry room. You may have clothes in the craft room because that's where you keep your sewing machines. Right. And you've been meaning to mend these for the last six and a half years. Yep, yep. That's et cetera, so et cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you, it's, there's something about seeing that mountain in yes. one place. Yes. Where you go, how many T-shirts do I need? Right. That's something I need to go through because I'm, I do a lot of races. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they get, every time you do a race, they give you a T-shirt. Exactly. I mean, everybody and their brother wants to give you a promotional T-shirt. Mm-hmm. And half the time, I just tell them, yeah, thanks, no thanks. Exactly. I but, really don't need that. <laughs> fortunately for me, I spill a lot. <laughs> and so I, once I have a stain on a T-shirt, you know, I'm okay to let it go. Yep. And so I, you know, I was like, okay, this one's got a stain on it. It goes into the recycle bag. Right. And you can recycle, you can recycle textiles. That's so awesome. don't neglect to do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you just sort through it. There will be some things immediately you'll get and go, yeah, this is done. Yeah, this, this hasn't fit in four years. Right. Um, it's not going to fit. Or you try something on and you're like, yeah, I really don't like this at all. Right. And you'll be really okay about giving it away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then you'll get to, and those can all go, and things are in good shape, can all go to be donated. Then you start through the next, and this works for any sort of thing. You know? right. Then you go back to that pile of things you want to keep. Mm-hmm. And you pull out the things that you actually use on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, be it the kitchen utensil you use pretty much every, you know, the knife you use pretty much every single day. Obviously, you're going to keep that. Right. You know, the plates that you serve dinner on every single night. Obviously, you're going to keep yeah, them. Those are necessary. The those sweater, are good to have. <laughs> the sweater that you wear at least once a week, mm-hmm. you want to keep that. Right. And then you sort out. So you sort out those things. Mm-hmm. which is probably about 20% of what you have at any given moment. Right, right. Yeah, and then you the pull out the stuff that you don't use all that often but are really important. You know, mm-hmm. I personally do not attend formal mm-hmm. events all that often, mm-hmm. but I don't want to have to go buy a new formal dress every time I go to one. Right. So exactly. I have like three dresses. I rotate them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not the same group of people any time. And it's, they're exactly. far enough apart that no one ever realized I'm wearing the exact same dress. Exactly. Amen to that. Um, you know, and that works. So you pull out those things that you only use occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a special knife I only use to do certain things. Yeah. I don't do those things every day, but when I want to do them, this is it. the knife I need. Right. Exactly. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you look at what's left. And what I will often do is put something on probation. Mm. I put my possessions on probation. Hey, if it works. I have three months, six months, whatever it is, not more than six. Mm. I need to use this in the next three to six months, or I have to give it away. I like that. Because if you can't, if intentionally trying, you can't find a reason to use this mm-hmm. in three months or six months, you don't really want yeah, it. Yeah, you probably don't need it. Yep. yep. Yeah. I mean, if you have an outfit that you can't find an excuse to wear in six months, <laughs> you really don't want to, you don't want to wear that outfit. Exactly. You're exactly. holding on to it for another reason. Yes, and digging deeper into that reason is a good thing, but keeping it around, probably not the best. Yeah, because somebody gave it to you. I mean, I have a dress that I have not worn in 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'm never throwing it away. Mm-hmm. I talk about it in the book. Yep. It was a gift from my mother. I'm never throwing it away. Right. They will bury me in that dress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone who knows me who might be around the day I die 
knows where the dress is, knows where to find it. Right. They know it does not actually fit, but I figure, <laughs> you know, so it doesn't zip up the back anymore. Who's going to be able to tell? Right. It's not like they're going to check that. <laughs> if no one's going to check, it's not a problem. But a lot of the other stuff, you know, oh, I did X when I, you know, when I was wearing this. That was such a wonderful memory. It's like, mm. yes, it's a wonderful memory. Mm-hmm. And you have pictures of that memory. You don't need to keep the dress that doesn't fit anymore. Right. To exactly. remember it. Yep. Yep. I mean, there are things you'll want to hand down, and mm-hmm. that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Obviously, you don't fit in your christening gown anymore. Right. That's okay. Yeah. You can store that away mm-hmm. someplace safe and hold it for your own children or exactly. for your nieces or nephews or whomever. Yep. Yep. Now, on the other hand, the sweater that you, you know, the sweater that you bought when you were an exchange student in Scotland mm-hmm. 45 pounds ago, mm-hmm. maybe you let, the, you, just, you let the sweater go, you keep the pictures. Right. Right. There's a compromise for sure. The honors, the memory, especially. Without taking up space when you're never going to use it. Exactly. Yeah. Put, leaving something in the bottom of your closet when you don't even know it's there. Right. This is not honoring the memory. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And we pretend that because we haven't let go of it, we're still, that we're still honoring the memory, but we're not. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Especially if it's hidden. If you don't run into it, you know, except the every, you know, 15 years when you go through that box to see if there's something there because you're, you know, in a, in a cleaning mode, that's not like remembering it every once every 15 years versus like getting rid of it, hanging the picture up in your house so you can see it. Um, it's yeah, definitely a better, healthier approach. I actually have a little knickknack. Mm-hmm. It was a gift from a friend mm-hmm. years ago. I actually don't even like it. Mm-hmm. It's not my taste. I don't even like it. But I hold on to it because I see it often. Right. And I'm trying to think of it as like, I remember Calvin. He died suddenly mm-hmm. way too young. Mm-hmm. And I remember him and I value that memory and I move on. But if I, I know that if I did not have that there as a regular trigger, mm-hmm. I might forget him. Right. The other day I realized that I was forgetting his name. Mm-hmm. And I looked back at the, that knickknack, which I really don't even like. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Calvin. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's so true. What a beautiful, healthy approach. Mary, where can people find your book to read it if they're to dig into more of decluttering and to especially that connection that this has with our spiritual lives as Catholics? Um, AveMariaPress.com. You can also go to my website, mm-hmm. MaryElizabethSperry.com, and there are buy buttons on there that take you to all of your major all of your major online booksellers. Perfect. So Ave Maria Press, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Mm-hmm. If you're still lucky enough to have an actual physical Catholic bookstore in your mm-hmm. neighborhood, please go visit them. Go to it. Yes, they need your have. patronage. Um, there aren't a whole lot of them left, but if you still have one, please go and tell them we sent you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So this is one question that I, the last question I ask every guest who comes on the show, and it's the one that I love. And so how has decluttering both in your physical home, but as well your soul, how has that helped you live out the feminine genius in your everyday daily life? I don't know mm-hmm. that the work that I do in domesticity mm-hmm. and spirituality mm-hmm. and the decluttering is part of that whole, of mm-hmm. that whole effort mm-hmm. is really necessarily gender bound mm-hmm. because I think in my own family, something that happened just this summer, with both of my parents gone now, we were cleaning the attic mm-hmm. because it needed, oh, did it need to be done. <laughs> and one of the things that we found up there was something that had belonged to my father. Mm-hmm. My father was the one who kept memories mm-hmm. in the family. Mm-hmm. 
he when he was in the army in World War II, yeah. everywhere he went, he wrote his mother a letter. Oh, wow. And when she passed away, he took the letters back, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. They were his. Right. And they were in the attic oh, wow. that whole time. This whole stack of letters from him to his mom. Mm-hmm. And he was the one who kept those little memories and those little, those precious things. Mm-hmm. What made me sad is that none of his three daughters had any idea that they were in the attic. Gosh, because had I known, mm-hmm. I would have had them down and we would have read them together. Right. And he would have told me those stories. Right. Because yeah. those are precious things. Mm-hmm. And I think, I know a lot of men have issues with decluttering. Mm-hmm. And so much of the stuff about decluttering is written by women and they think it's only for women. Right. And so that's why I'm really hesitant to make domesticity and decluttering mm-hmm. sound like it's something only for women, because I think a lot of men right. have these too. wonderful memories mm-hmm. and these, these, these precious values. Mm-hmm. They want to share them, and they want to honor the memories. And there is value for all of us if we all honor the memories, and we all are good stewards of goods, mm-hmm. and we all use our time and our treasure and our talent well. Mm-hmm. And that may take very different forms right in every person right each and one out in their own way i'm not sure that i'm not sure the skill set that i have mm-hmm. is necessarily because i'm female mm-hmm. I, I may express it in a certain way right but i think that the skill sets are necessary for everything right right everyone I keep going needs, back yeah, to, to my favorite one of my very very favorite bible stories mm-hmm. which is luke 10 38 to 42 mm-hmm. mary and martha Mm-hmm. that Jesus chose to tell this story about two women. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's very clearly not based on their gender. Mary is treated as a disciple. She's right. sitting at the feet of the master. Right. Martha is providing hospitality. Mm-hmm. And what's very interesting is that Jesus never tells Martha mm-hmm. to stop doing what she's doing. Right. He tells her to stop expecting Mary to be her which is really quite profound. Right. Each of us is called to be the person we're called to be. Yep. And whatever form that takes, living God's call is never the bad choice. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's beautiful. Mary Elizabeth, thanks you so much for your time today. This has been beautiful. I've learned so much. This is so well-timed, getting ready to go into the spring cleaning season. And just really being authentically aware of what the depth of what decluttering means. And it's so much more than just cleaning out our closets. So thank you so much for your work. And thanks for your time this morning. Thank you. Take care. (laughs) You too. God bless. Thanks for listening. You can find Mary Elizabeth's book and her website in today's show notes over at my blog, oldfashionedgirlblog.com. If you're interested in getting sneak peeks and behind the scenes content from Letters to Women, you can join my Patreon team. Find out more at patreon.com slash letters to women. If you have a quick second, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. And that's all I have for today. I can't wait to visit with you again soon. And until next time, be not afraid.